I won't preach long. This is, this is going to be good for everyone that is here today. The Lord has a word for you. Somebody say, the Lord has a word for me. Jesus spoke words to churches. These churches were a part and an extension of his ministry uh, while he was on earth. A lot of those churches became an extension of the work of the apostles and um, the ministers, the, you know, the different missionaries who helped to plant churches after the Lord Jesus went to heaven. And these churches were like our churches today. They're part of the body of Christ. And the Lord decided he was going to send messages to representations of those churches. He picked out seven of those churches. There were about seven of them. And... Um, uh, very powerful messages in the book of Revelation. Even if you don't read the entire book of Revelation, just the letters he sent to the churches is worth reading by every believer. Amen. I encourage you to read it. But I want to kind of just focus on the, the letter he wrote, the message he sent to the sixth church. The sixth church was the church in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, I have a contrast because the last two churches he sent messages to, um, their stories were quite contrasting, were almost like opposite. Um, I had prepared to say a few things about the last church, the, the, the seventh church, which was the church in Laodicea. Laodicea was the name of that city. Um, but because of time, and I don't, I don't feel there's a need, I want to give you something short that you can go home with. I'm not going to delve into that, but you can refer to that later. The church in Laodicea was the church that Jesus, he, he, he said to them, you think you are wealthy, but you are poor. That's what he said to them. He said, you think you have a lot going on for you. He said, but in actual fact, you are very wretched. That's what he said. So you have these things that you think cover you, but he said, in fact, you are naked. He said to the church in Laodicea. Contrast that, though, with what he said to the church before the Laodiceans, that's the church in, Phil in Philadelphia. And, and I, I just want to encourage your heart with a few of the things he said to this church in Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, This thing saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man can shut, and he shuts and no man can open. He said to this church in Philadelphia, and I believe the Lord is saying that to this congregation today, saying that to this church and to each of us that is here to worship and to celebrate with this church today. He said, I know your works. I know your works, he said. He said, watch this. And I said, behold, I have set before you an open door. And no man can shut it. <laughs> no man can shut it. He said, because you had a little strength. Compare that to what he said to the church in Laodicea. He said, you, had, you think you have a lot, but you are poor. 
to this church in Philadelphia, he said, you have a little strength. He said, but, but you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. Amen. You have a little strength. There are many things you don't have. Your strength, in some translations, you say you feel weak in many areas. You feel weakened in many areas. It's a bot. <laughs> it's a bot. You have kept my word and you have not denied my name. There are four categories of blessings that the Lord Jesus promised the church in Philadelphia that I believe the Lord is speaking and promising to us today as his people. He said in verse 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews, but they are not, and they lie. He said, Behold, I will make them come and worship at your feet. And I will make them know that I have loved you. Somebody say, God loves me. Come on, say that you can say, God loves me. Say strong, say strong. Say, God loves me. And then he wraps up his message to the Philadelphia church in verse 10. He said, because you have kept the word of my patience. That P word, stay with me, stay with me, church. He said, because you have kept the word of my, you know, I have very short time to preach. I'm going to close short, so I want you to get this. Because you have kept the word of my patience. The P word there is the word I like to describe as the word persevere. He said, you have kept the word of my patience. Then he said, I also. He said, because. Because you have kept the word of my patience and you have persevered, he said, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation. I like the way some translations say, he said, I will keep you from the hour of trial and testing that is coming upon the world. Now, now listen to this now. Get this quickly. I told you I have a very short time to minister to you. There are four categories of blessings that the Lord promised to this church. Number one, he said to them, and you can have read some of those verses, but you can review it later if you want. He said to them, I have set before you an open door. There is nothing that can be compared in life to the blessing of an open door when you feel hemmed in. There is nothing that can be compared in life to the blessing of an op a supernaturally open door when you feel hemmed in. Jesus said, I am setting before you a supernaturally open door. I'm going to bring you out of the tight places where you are and I'm going to put you into an open field where opportunity will be fighting opportunity as you advance in the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. Say that's for me. Say that's for me. I can't elaborate further. The Holy Spirit will give you further insight on that one. 
Number two, he said, I will give you the upper hand over every opposition of the enemy and you will win the victory. Amen. That's what he said. I will give you the upper hand. The way Jesus described it, he said there are some people who call themselves, he said they call themselves Jews, but really they are the synagogue of, of Satan and they oppose you. He said, but I am going to do a work and I'm going to give you an upper hand over them and you will gain the victory. Somebody say, I'm gaining the victory. Come on, say, I'm gaining the victory. Number three, he said, I will make my love for you known to the world, to the whole world, not just by talking about it or writing about it. He said, I will declare it and I will manifest it. I will make my love for you, Akron Church. Jesus said, he's going to make his love for you. He's going to make his love for you known to the world, to the whole world. Not just by writing it in the Bible, but he said, I'm going to declare it and I'm going to manifest it. You are in the best place you have ever been in your life. Because God has brought you to a place of supernatural encounter. The things that will happen in your life, the things that will happen in your experience, will cause people to go, ha, ha, ha. You know why? Because they knew you had no strength. They knew you had no strength. They knew you were hemmed in. But supernaturally, the Lord is going to bring you to a place where you are going to experience Shala. Shout hallelujah, somebody. He said, I will love you and I will make my love for you known to the whole world by declaring it and by manifesting it. I love that. I love that. I love that. When God shows up in your life and it's not just by theory saying, I love him. I love her. No, but supernaturally he's demonstrating things. Like things are happening to Many people all around you, but the angel of his power stands all over you and says, you can't touch this one because I love him. You cannot come near this one because this one is the apple of my eyes. This one is beloved to me. Shout hallelujah, somebody. He said, I'm going to show the world that I love you. <laughs> Somebody say Jesus loves me. Come on, say Jesus. I mean, if you know that song, Jesus loves me. This you know, you know the song, but I don't have time to sing it. Let's keep going. He said, I will show the world that I love you. I will declare you are the apple of my eyes. So with everything that I have, I will hover over you. And I will tell the enemy, can't touch this one. You can't harass that one. No, 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 you cannot come near this one. Why? Because I love them. Say, Jesus loves me. Come on, shout it out loud. Say, Jesus loves me. And then number four. He said, I will keep you and I preserve you in the hour of trial and testing that is coming to the world. Four categories of blessings, he promised. 
It's 350. I have just 10 minutes to go. So let's make this quick. With these categories of blessings, there is something directly connected. He used the P word in Revelation chapter 3. I believe it's verse 10. I already said that. He said, he said, because you kept the word of my patience. The P word is the word persevere. He said, because you persevered when it was tough. <laughs> when the going was tough, you got going. You did not quit on me when it was easy to quit. You did not give up on me when it was easy to, to throw in the towel. He said, because of that, I guarantee you these four categories of blessing. Now, I want to say something real briefly about the word persevere. Because of time, just put up for me, please. Psalm 66, verse 10 to 12. Just look on the screen. It's right there. And I want you to look at the message translation. The King James is very good, but because I don't have time now, I want you to look at the message. He said he trained us first. <laughs> he passed us like silver through refining fires. That's, what, that's the journey we are on right now, folks. That's the journey we are on right now. He trained us first. Then he passed us like silver through refining fires. Then he brought us into a hard scrabble country. That, that one, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big English word, but that's not a good place to be. He brought us into a hard scrabble country. He pushed us to our very limit. If you feel like God is allowing you to be stretched beyond your father's limit, you are in a good place, my friend. <laughs> you are in a very good place, my friend. If you feel like God is putting you, allowing you to be set in a place where you have limited options, where it seems like many things are not going like you want them to go, my friend, you are in a very good place. I said you are in a very good place. He said he brought us, he trained, he brought us into a hard scrabble country. That word hard scrabble means bare minimum. It means a hard place. Barren. Infertile. Impoverished. Unproductive. Dead. Desolate. That's why they were pushed to their limit. Because you pushed them in that hard ground. In that hard place and told them to produce he put them in a place where the land is unproductive where the land is barren and then he said to them produce that's why he said he pushed us to our limit but you know what the word persevere means persevere means when you are pushed beyond your limit keep on pushing with a heart of thanksgiving and praise. Amen. That's what that P word, persevere, means. It means when you are pushed beyond your limit, keep on pushing with a heart of thanksgiving and praise. And if you do that, if you do that, 
verse 12 will be a reality in your life. He said, he rod tested us inside and out. He rod tested us inside and out. He took us to hell and back. <laughs> he took us to hell and back. But finally, 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 he brought us to a well-watered place. Because you persevered, because you kept on pushing, even when you were pushed beyond your limit, you kept on talking to Akron Church. Where are you? Where are you? I know you may feel like you pushed beyond your limit. I know you may feel like you are hemmed in beyond reason. But the Lord said, if you will keep on pushing with a heart of thanksgiving and praise, shortly I will bring you into a well-watered place. You will look around you and you say, hey, is this me? Is this us? Look at what the Lord has. You will start singing what they sang in Psalm 126. You will say, wow, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that <laughs> Hallelujah! There was our mouth filled with laughter. And then the whole world said, the Lord has done great things for Shout hallelujah, somebody. Come on, shout hallelujah, somebody. He brought us to a hard scrabble land. A land that cannot produce. And then he said to them, produce. <laughs> and then, because they persevered, they kept on pushing. They said, land, even though you thought you could not produce, the Lord has brought me through you. Therefore, you have to produce for me. <laughs> Do you know in the time of Isaac, there was no water. Anybody who tried to dig well, they couldn't find water. But when Isaac showed up in the land, the Bible says, start digging. He starts speaking to the land that had no water. He said, for me, you have to produce water. And the Bible says, everywhere Isaac digged, there was water, 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 water. There will be water for you. I said there will be water for you. Your dry land is about to turn into a water field. Shout hallelujah somebody. He said he took us to hell. And back. Uh -huh. You thought you've gone to hell. And back. But Jesus is about to manifest glory in your life. I said Jesus is about to manifest glory in your life. Shout hallelujah somebody. Shout hallelujah somebody. I'm going to close. I have just a couple of minutes. I'm doing everything abbreviated, abbreviated. Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Somebody call me preacher abbreviation. That's what you should call me from now on. Hallelujah. I want to say something to you. This is probably the most important thing I'll share with you this afternoon. This, the Lord spoke to me clearly. When I said, whenever, if I ever said to you, the Lord spoke to me clearly. I mean it. I don't use that loosely. There are many people who say, oh, God, talk. maybe they read something, they heard something on TV. No, 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 no. If I say so, God spoke to me clearly. I mean it. I mean it. What I'm about to share with you, 
the Lord spoke to me clearly. I mean it. And I don't have time to elaborate, but I'll say a little bit to you. Don't allow the enemy to steal or depress your confidence. This is why I told you that their song was ordained by the Holy Ghost. Don't allow the enemy to steal or depress your confidence. If he finds out, this, this is very important. I have a lot of scriptures, but I can't read any of them because of time. <laughs> I'm tempted, but I can't read them. Because if I read them, I will preach longer, and I know you will be upset. <laughs> I know many of you are already getting ready to go. It's like, what time is the food? When do they start serving the food? I got you. I got, I got that message. I got it. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I got it. But I want to say this to you. Does the enemy of your life, this is, this, um, This revelation can change your life permanently, forever. The enemy of your life, who the Bible calls Satan, he has a twofold attack against you, a child of God. The first part of that attack is to try to stop you. He will do everything he can do to try to stop you. He will try to kill you. He will try to frustrate you. He will try to take your dream. He will try to bury you. <laughs> he will try to sidetrack the plan of God for your life, all in a bid to stop you. Read the entire Bible. When Satan sees destiny, his first plan, stop it. He will kill all the babies in the land just to stop mm. destiny. Mm. He will destroy all the women in a land just to make sure nobody is giving birth anymore. His first plan is stop it. Stop it. But there comes a time in the life of a child of God when the devil finds out he can't stop him. He's able to stop many. But there are some believers, he finds out finally, ah, I can't stop her. I can't stop this one. Then he switches to the second part of his attack. And this one, he never relents. The second part of Satan's attack against you, child of God, is to take your confidence. Is to take your confidence. He will create every kind of situation around your life to discourage you, to steal your confidence, to make you give up and quit. He will give you, he will show you a lot of people and say, look at that one. Look, 
that, that never made it, why do you think you will make it? He will create circumstances around you to make you look down. He will, he will do things to make you feel like God has abandoned you. He will show you things that you were not even seeing before. Just to suggest to you that God you think loves you, he doesn't love you. That God doesn't love you. His plan is to take your confidence. I told you that song they sang is a Holy Ghost song. Don't ever. I got to close. Don't you ever allow the enemy to take your confidence away. Do you know sometimes he will raise up even Christians to say hurtful things about you. They will criticize you. They will act funny when you are around. Some of them will do sign language with their eyes when they see you. It is all to take away your confidence. To make you challenge what you believe. So you don't believe as strong anymore. To make you doubt yourself. You know, instead of you, when, uh, you've always thought, yeah, God is with me. God is with me. Uh, let's close. Let's close. Let's read one, one scripture and close. One, just one. Can you, can you take just one scripture? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've got five minutes over. Just one. Let's, let's take this one and then close right here. I want you to look at this. I, ha I have loads of them, but I, can I read just one. I, I want you to see this. In Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter... This is my last one, and I close. In Acts chapter 18, Paul... <laughs> thank you, Holy Ghost. Paul was launched into the early part of the revival that God had for him in the city of Corinth. In the city of Corinth. Suddenly, as the Lord started to walk and things were happening and God was moving and great things were happening, suddenly, People rose up. Even some of the people in his company, some of the people in his church, some of the people in his association, in his community, they rose up. And the Bible said they began to oppose one another. They began to blaspheme. All of this was a plan of the enemy to put fear within Paul. They started to oppose him. They started to challenge him. All of this was to put fear within him. Well, you know, I bet you, Paul was really beginning to get under that fear. I know he was. Because God does something he usually doesn't do. In the middle of the night, the Bible says, through a vision, God came to Paul and said to him, I want you to, this is my last scripture here, and then I close. I want you to see in Acts chapter 18, and look at verse 9. The Lord spoke unto Paul in the night by a vision. What did he say to him? Be not afraid. Do what? But speak. And do what? Hold not your peace. 
Why? He said, for I am with you. I'm with you. This is God's message to you, child of God. In this service, as I close it out, the Lord said, I am with you. He said, Pastor, but it's very difficult at work. What is God saying? I am. Listen, I am with you is the only confidence booster that you need in your life. <laughs> it's the only confidence booster you are ever going to need on your journey of destiny. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. Somebody say, God is with me. Say again, say, God is with me. Pastor, but I got an eviction notice. God is with me. Pastor, but I got a bad doctor's report. God is with me. But I got a rejection from that uh, proposal I put for. God is with It looks like my family is going to fall apart. God God said, I am with you. I am with you. And look at the last thing he said. No man. Ah. When the Lord breathed that word into my spirit. When the Lord breathed that word into my spirit. I cannot tell you the impact that it had on me. It revolutionized my life. Completely, permanently. No man can hurt you. No institution can hurt you. No organization can hurt you. No official document can hurt you. No court case can hurt you. No legal situation can hurt you. No financial problem can hurt you. You know why? He said, because I am Jehovah I'm with you. <laughs> I'm Jehovah. I'm with you. If Jehovah is with you, my friend, you have nothing to fear. You have no worry. You have nothing to be bothered about. Shout hallelujah, somebody. He said, I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. Would you stand to your feet, please? Would you stand with stand to your feet with me? Let's close. <laughs> say it, say it, son. Close your eyes for a minute. Say he is with me. Come on, say it. Say the Lord is with me. That's what he said to Gideon. That's what he said to Gideon. When Gideon lacked confidence. When Gideon lacked confidence, and God said, I'm gonna throw you. I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe out this army. Gideon said, Lord, me, I'm the least person in my father's house. He said, God, how are you ever gonna use a God? God said, Gideon, I am with you. And because I'm with you, you're a mighty man of valor. Close your eyes with me, somebody, please, for a moment here. Let's close out this service. Say with me. Put your right hand on your chest. Say with me, the Lord is with me. Say it again. Say, the Lord is with me. Say it again. Say, the Lord is with me. Minister Wilmer, I'm going to just pray a general prayer 
on the church. If anybody needs prayer after I close, you can um, probably come up as the team is going to close out the service and I can pray for people who need prayer. But do me a favor, that song, play it. Can you guys sing it? Are you able to sing it? Can you sing it? Yeah, sing it for me. Sing it one more time. That song. Put your hand on your chest. Close your eyes, everybody. Jesus. Close your eyes.